You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to this Thursday edition here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode, we get to do a little bit of a freestyle Thursday this week with no crossover, so I thought that it would be fun to take a look at some potential big moves that the Saints could make this offseason. It has been all the rage, all the questions around what it would look like for the Saints to make a trade for their next quarterback, Deshaun Watson and Matt Stafford, of course, being the two that we'll talk about to open up today's show, as well as how enticing an offer would have to be in order to pry a specific defensive playmaker away from the Saints grass. We'll talk about that with the good help of our friend Cody Rourke from Locked on Broncos. Then we'll start up our post-mortem of the Saints 2020 season with a quick look over at the offense. We'll go passing offense first, what led to the Saints being ranked 19th overall in the NFL, how the offensive line performed overall, and what changes to expect, of course, to the passing game next season. And then we'll wrap up the show with a look at the running game, how the Saints managed to field a top 10 rushing attack. Alvin Kamara's phenomenal season, only a glimpse into what he still has in store for the New Orleans Saints. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, NOLA on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host of the National Locked on NFL podcast. We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. Let's get it, Huda Nation. So we know that one of the hottest topics so far over the offseason has been the conversation around the New Orleans Saints making a trade for quarterback Deshaun Watson, who reportedly having a lot of issues over in Houston. The further reports are that Deshaun Watson has not asked for a trade, nor has Houston said that they are going to trade, but there are teams actively calling that are interested, and as well they should be. You see a franchise quarterback having a hard time in the, the city, the team that he's with, you make that phone call and you try to say, hey, what can we do to get that trouble off your hands? And so when it comes down to Saints fans, I know a lot of folks are interested in the idea of Deshaun Watson in New Orleans. I certainly would be. I think anybody would be excited. Anybody around the Saints franchise would be just elated to see them go from a Hall of Fame Drew Brees career to the person that is now the league's the all-time leader in completion percentage. Deshaun Watson. I mean, this this makes a ton of sense. And even as Lance Moore said over with uh, WDSU and our good friend Sharif Ishak on Wednesday night, Lance mentioned essentially that Deshaun Watson is like the perfect prototype in terms of what Sean Payton looks like he wants to move to next with a mobile quarterback and sort of the experimentation and the work that he's done with Taysom Hill. So let's talk about what it would mean for the Saints to trade for Deshaun Watson. First of all, Deshaun Watson's cap hit next season relatively low. He actually only, I believe his cap hit is actually less than Taysom Hill's. It's around $15 million. Taysom's is around 16. But then it's the years after that. It's where you get to the $40 million for the next two years, $32 million base salary the year after that, $30 million base salary after that. But then by the time you get to the $32 and $30 million base salaries, you're really outside of the guaranteed money. Guaranteed money would be up after the 2020 two season, if I'm recalling correctly, and so, or rather the 2023 season. So it would be a couple of years in for the Saints there. They could restructure the contract. They could move the money around. The contract can fit. Uh, I don't know how comfortable I am with the idea 
of moving money around when you're already owing somebody 30 plus million dollars over the next four years. But hey, it's something that the states could do if they needed to. But when it comes down to the trade compensation, this is where things get a little bit tricky because the saints have, quote unquote, the trade compensation, the capital to do it in terms of having the picks, right? They have a first and second round pick this year. They've got first and second round picks for the next two years. You could definitely expect that the saints of all teams are more than willing to move away from draft picks. It's never been an issue for them. And they have some Pro Bowl caliber caliber players on their roster that they could also potentially move. The reason that I mentioned that specifically is because Benjamin Albright, who's over in the Denver market, does really, really phenomenal work. He mentioned that per a Houston Texan source, in order to get Deshaun Watson away, the asking price would start, which means it could go up or it could come down from this point, but it would start at three first round picks, three second round picks, and a Pro Bowl level player. The Saints could do that, but the issue is that if you trade Deshaun Watson to the Saints, you're very likely giving them enough fodder for the next three years that those first and second round picks that you're using to then rebuild your team all become late first round, late second round picks. And I think that's a little bit of where the Saints don't really measure up in terms of some of the other packages that can be created for uh, Deshaun Watson. Carolina, the Jets, the Broncos, the the Raiders, the, the, the Falcons, and of course, Miami all have better packages in terms of picks and how quickly they would be able to turn their franchise around with Deshaun Watson. And they have quicker picks now, right? They have earlier picks now, which I think is the other part that's really, really important about this, because the most valuable assets you're going to get in a trade when you trade away your franchise quarterback is not going to be that Pro Bowl caliber level player unless you're getting a Pro Bowl caliber <laughs> uh, quarterback back. But you're getting it's going to be the picks that you're getting because you're going to have to rebuild your team from that point forward. And especially the picks in 2021, this right now, where you know what the picks are going to be, you know where they are in the round, you know what you're getting versus the ones in 2022 and 2023, which are a complete mystery, but you can make assumptions based upon where you're sending the player. Now, Deshaun Watson does have a no trade clause, which allows him to veto deals if it's a team that he doesn't want to go to, but that's only going to carry you so far because essentially the Texans are going to say, you've got these three options. And then if he vetoes all three of those options, then he's a Houston Texan and he's not going anywhere, right? It doesn't mean that he can force himself to be traded to a specific place. Because again, remember with the CBA restructure last season, there are no more holdouts. So he's either playing or he's losing money if he continues to say no to a bunch of deals and then decides not to be traded. Those are his two options, play or lose your money. So it, it's, it's that kind of a weird scenario. It's where the no trade clause doesn't have the same impact without the combination of the holdout that would have caused teams trouble two years ago that no longer caused them trouble now. So it's just a lot of different variables that move it all around. What would be a more successful and a more realistic trade for the New Orleans Saints, I would think, would be trading to the Lions for Matt Stafford. Now, that one you probably can get away with a couple of early picks, whether they be first or second round picks. Uh, And I just mean, I don't mean a couple of each. I mean, one early round one early round, right? So you could do a first round pick from this year and a second round pick for next year, maybe even some combination of second round picks and a player, depending upon who that player is, so on and so forth. But again, the rebuilding thing becomes really important and getting those picks would be really important. Matthew Stafford's contract, a lot more uh, easy to navigate. He would be $20 million in 2021, which you can find that, especially if you also trade off one of those Pro Bowl players to help alleviate some of the salary cap on your end and give a piece 
over to the Lions where you might be able to knock down some of the trade compensation as a part of that because it's like, hey, instead of me giving you a pick for a player that might be good, here's a Pro Bowl level player that you could have and then end up doing things like that that help both sides. And then with that, you can restructure his contract pretty easily because he's only got two years left on his deal. $20 million this year, $23 million a year after that. So you can add on previously non-existing years to be able to knock down some levels off of his contract. You can make those two years, ghost con- ghost ghost years, all that other stuff to be able to uh, alleviate some of that cap hit. So in terms of fitting him onto the cap and in terms of draft compensation, Stafford easier to get than Deshaun Watson, Watson greater returns on what you would give to get him, if that makes sense. And then finally, just a fun one here, uh, the Locked on Broncos podcast, Cody Roark, as well as a couple of friends of his over there did a quick and fun segment on trading for Marshawn Lattimore, that that's what they would want in the offseason. Like that would be their pipe dream move is Denver trading for Marshawn Lattimore and what it would take. And there were a lot of conversations about trading just the number, you know, their first overall pick, which would be the number nine pick overall for uh, Marshawn Lattimore. And I would say it's probably at least that, yes. And this might just be me overvaluing Marshawn Lattimore a little bit, but you'd probably have to throw in another third or fourth round pick or something like that in order to help to sweeten that deal. Uh, the Saints, though, in no by no means have to trade Marshawn Lattimore, which was a lot of the conversation over there, was that the Saints are in a position where they, they have to get rid of him, and that's not at all the case. In fact, keeping him and extending him is just as valuable as trading him in terms of the money that's saved. So they can easily just extend Marshawn Lattimore and then knock his fifth-year option price tag down and then allow his contract to be one that's heavy in a signing bonus light in base salary early on and then escalate in base salary as the contract gets further on and as the revenue continues to increase back to normal or beyond normal with all the new TV deals and 17th game additional funds that are expected there. But I I think that you're getting at least the first round pick from Denver in that scenario, plus something else to sweeten the deal. And then maybe you're willing to move on from Marshawn Lattimore at that point. I, I don't think you do. I think you extend him because it helps you just as much. There's no need to trade him unless at any point he says, I'm not willing to extend early. I want to play out my fifth round contract and I'm not giving you a choice because I'm not willing to renegotiate my contract right now. Then maybe you have that conversation. But unless that happens, I don't see Marshall and Lattimore going anywhere. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're going to dive into uh, taking a look at the offense for the New Orleans Saints, a bit of a postmortem here as we begin to wrap up the 2020 season. We'll start off with the passing offense and get to the run offense. What happened with the Saints passing offense this year? 19th ranked in the NFL. We'll talk about it here in just a moment here on Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The Saints could be looking for a bit of a tune-up in the passing game next year, especially if Drew Brees does indeed retire. And if you need more than just a tune-up for your vehicle at home, you need pieces, you need brand new parts, rockauto.com is the place to go. They can take care of you. No matter what it is that you drive, a Dodge or a Daewoo, they have you covered at rockauto.com. You log onto the website, you jump in, and it's super simple. You pick your make, your model, your year, and then let them know what part you need, and they're going to give you many options for that part or that piece, whatever it is that you're looking for for your vehicle. And the best part about it, anything that you buy at rockauto.com, you're getting for a fraction of the price as what you would get at the brick and mortar store from around the corner that you might not even be able to get to because your car needs that much help. No, 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 no. Order it from your couch. Have it delivered straight to your door, rockauto.com. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you by writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need 
at rockauto.com. The NFL season is wrapping up, but it doesn't mean that the bets are going anywhere. We mentioned yesterday that Deshaun Watson, his trade bets, his prop bets about where he's going to end up being next year are already up over at betonline.ag. Saints plus 700 tied around the fifth best odds there in order to land him. So if you want to take a look at some of the other props that are going on, you know, Super Bowl props are a lot of fun. You know, these offseason props are going to be wild. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust betonline.ag. Make sure you sign up today for their free account and use the promo code locked on to get your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on sports doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get the daily picks and a quick hitting advice that you need to make the smartest possible wager. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. All right, so we're going to jump into the off-season review for the Saints. We'll take this in a bunch of different ways. We're going to look at passing game run game on the offensive defensive side some special teams looks as well and then we'll go position group by position group and get all those reviews in and then you know what we like to do as well to where we have to go to where we always go through and look at the full 90 man roster before we get to getting started with our passing game review which is going to feel like it's going to fly by pretty quickly and that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just that we we're kind of just reviewing what we already know here uh, i do want to mention that the saints signed several players to future reserve contracts. I remember that the future reserve contracts mean that they're guaranteed a spot on the 90-man roster in training camp next season. So we have Andrew Dowell. I'm just going to pick some of the highlight names here that are that are there, but linebacker Andrew Dowell, uh, linebacker, excuse me, defensive back Grant Haley, who had the interception against the uh, the uh, Carolina Panthers in week 17, linebacker Chase Hansen, wide receiver, little Jordan Humphrey, Tony Jones Jr., the running back that we were hoping that we would get a look at week 17, but unfortunately got hurt. Uh, Winton McManus, the guy that came in from, he's a linebacker that came in from the Canadian Football League last year. Uh, quarterback Trevor Simeon, told you not to be surprised if he stuck around for a little bit. And then uh, tackle Calvin Throckmorton amongst several players that all got their future reserve deals that will be back in training camp with the Saints next season. And I know that there's one name that you might be saying, hey, Ross, you didn't say your favorite name there. Defensive back Keith Washington, the undrafted cornerback out of uh, out of West Virginia, is working on a deal, according to Nick Underhill. He said that the Saints are interested in bringing him back. They're working on getting it done. So fingers crossed that Keith Washington is able to make it back next season for the Saints, at least to training camp. And hopefully, fingers crossed, actually get some opportunities out there as well. But we'll see. Anyway, so we wanted to talk about the offense for the Saints, starting off with the passing game. The Saints finished 19th in the NFL in passing yards, the lowest ranking ever of a Sean Payton New Orleans Saints offense. And of course, the Saints had four games without Drew Brees. They had several games without Michael Thomas. They had a couple of games without Emmanuel Sanders, so on and so forth. I mean, the injuries, I think, are such a huge part of all of this. But, you know, you look back at last year to where the Saints missed five games of Drew Brees, and they still finished within the top 10 in terms of passing yardage on that season, finishing uh, seventh in the NFL. So, look, I think that the big difference this time around 
came to, first of all, a huge focus in the run game in this uh, in this season. I mean, the Saints, we'll talk about it coming up next, but fifth in the NFL in rushing attempts. So I think that that's a big part of it. The Saints defense being a big part of it as well, that they were able to control some of the clock. The uh, net yards per average for the Saints offense was 6.8 in 2020, 2019. It was seven. So it's not really coming down to, you know, yardage per attempt or air yardage or whatever it is that you want to look at. It's just that this was a team that was very focused on the run game. And sometimes that is of detriment to the passing game. In fact, you can look at the fact that the Saints attempted only 522 passes this season, 25th in the NFL. So this was a, a, a team that got a lot of flack over the course of the season about how they didn't run the ball enough when in fact, you look at this, they were fifth in rushing attempts, 25th in passing attempts. So you saw them really lean away from the passing game this season. And I think a big part of that had to do with the four games that Taysom Hill was in, although he did throw quite a bit in each of those games. In those games that he that Drew Brees was out, they still threw over 30 passes in two of those four games with Taysom Hill throwing 37 and 38 against the Falcons in the second game and then against Philly in the third game. And then, of course, a huge, huge, huge portion of this comes down to the Denver game as well when they only threw 16 passes versus the insane amount of times that they ran the ball between the two teams there. So I do think that all of that is a part of this consideration as well as to why the Saints are ranked so low when it comes to the passing game and just how comfortable and successful this team was going 12 and four, despite essentially being an entirely different team in terms of the MO that we're accustomed to seeing from Sean Payton in this offense, which I think is a a testament to how just great Sean Payton is as a head coach because of his ability to be able to adjust based upon what the necessities of the teams are. He evolves very quickly. The game evolves. He innovates and he still makes it work. So what's going to be different going into next year? Obviously, I think depending upon who your quarterback is, if it's Taysom Hill, you might see a continuation of this, the the focus on the run game versus the passing game, or at least a little bit more of the run game being present because Taysom Hill himself also serves as a runner as well as being able to throw the ball. If they go to Jameis Winston, for instance, then maybe you see a lot more of a lead over to the passing game, maybe even getting themselves back into top five, top three, number one type conversation there, depending on the volatility of that passing game. But obviously, the biggest change that you're going to see this season or going into next season, rather, is going to be the potential loss of Drew Brees if he does indeed retire, which, again, everyone seems to expect at this point, including myself. And so I think that that's where you see the biggest change. You see the biggest change in the passing game at the quarterback position. And then I expect, you know, Emmanuel Sanders could be cut to save a little bit of money, but I don't know that you cut him if you know that you're going to another quarterback. Michael Thomas, who played through injuries, he's going to have offseason surgery. Seems to me that he's not going anywhere before next season as much as, you know, guys like Pat McAfee and stuff want to want to push it. We'll see exactly what happens. Not saying that it's impossible, much like the Deshaun Watson thing. It's not impossible. It's just improbable to me that Michael Thomas goes anywhere. So I do think that you're going to retain the weapons that you need and the skill positions to continue to have an effect in the passing game, including, of course, Alvin Kamara in there, Marquez Calloway, who's continued to develop, Traquan Smith, who they have really high hopes for still, uh, Deontay Harris, who continues to develop as well. I think that they'll continue to have all that talent at the skill position, but it'll just be about who the signal caller is, who's throwing them the ball who's placing the passes, that's going to be the biggest difference for the New Orleans Saints going into that 2021 season. 
The Saints passing game in terms of the offensive line, that might be another place to where you see a big difference next year, but hopefully because of development, 29 pressures allowed by Andrus Pete and four sacks. Cesar Ruiz, 27 pressures allowed. Ryan Ramchick, 27 pressures allowed in two sacks. Cesar Ruiz not credited with a sack allowed this season, but still credited with six total hits. Andrus Pete with 10. So I think that still the interior offensive line, I know I threw Ryan Ramchick in there, but only because he was tied with Cesar Ruiz, but still the interior offensive line Look like a bit of a concern that still needs to be developed and still needs to be worked on. Hopefully you see some good steps forward from Cesar Ruiz going into next season in the passing game because he was pretty good in the run game up until unfortunately the playoffs, but that's where you really saw him stand out. And that's what we'll get to next is the run game for the New Orleans Saints. Alvin Kamara, have we seen his peak or is there still more to come? I think there's more to come. We'll talk about that more here in just a moment. Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, family, wrap it up today's episode, but don't forget to check out Locked On NFL. Thursdays are hosted by Ryan Tracy and Chris Carter. Of course, Ryan, uh, host of Locked On Chiefs. He's going to be talking a lot about the AFC Championship matchups coming up, as well as the NFC Championship matchup, of course, coming up between the Packers and the Bucks. You might not be watching it, but if you want to listen and hear about it, go ahead and check out Locked On NFL. More about key injuries, roster moves, so on and so forth as well. Ryan and Chris do a great job over there. Every Thursday, subscribe to Locked on NFL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's jump in and wrap up today's show with the review of the Saints rushing offense. Now, this was a big focus for the Saints this season. Number five in rushing attempts, number six in rushing yards, number one in rushing touchdowns, number 10, top 10 in terms of yards per attempt at 4.6 for this team. Alvin Kamara had a phenomenal year, absolutely lit it up, 187 carries, 900, excuse me, 932 yards, 16 total rushing touchdowns, 21 total touchdowns in rushing and receiving combined. He led the NFL in that number. He also had 83 receptions for 765 yards on the season, giving him another 1,600, nearly 1,700 yard from scrimmage season. He was so close to having his first 1,000 yard rushing season, but unfortunately, COVID, and then he wasn't able to play in the Week 17 matchup against the Carolina Panthers, and that's what cost that 1,000-yard season. So unfortunate to see there, but above all else, just happy that he's healthy and looking good because last year, we saw what it looked like when he wasn't healthy. He had the compounding injuries all down the legs, everything that was going on with him. This season, nothing like that. Nothing but fun, nothing but jovial nature, nothing but having a good time being out there and making plays. You know, it's hard to look back at the beginning of the season when let's see the the big 50 plus yard catch and run that he had against the the Green Bay Packers right that feels so long ago but from that point all the way down to his production and the way that he performed toward the end of the season even up against the Minnesota Vikings toward the, his last game that he played in the regular season where he scored six rushing touchdowns so he was incredibly effective from game 1 to game 16 and then again, throughout the uh, the playoffs as well, he was uh, an asset for the Saints there too. So I, I really love what the Saints did in the rushing game here and, and the way that they balanced out their season. Uh, 494 rushing attempts on the year, 522 passing attempts on the season. So that's 1,016 total plays. So when you look at how much the Saints ran the ball, 
It was a 48.6% split towards the run, meaning only a 51.4% split toward the passing game. So this was a very, very, very balanced team all season. Again, aided by four games without Drew Brees there, especially the first two where the Saints did do a lot of damage on the ground. But even if you were to take out that Denver game, this is still a very balanced team in terms of run versus pass. So you do love to see it. Uh, you do love to see it. They had 30 total rushing touchdowns this season as well. So 30 total rushing touchdowns, 28 total passing touchdowns. So they did a lot of work on the ground this year. So now the big question is, we talked a little bit about the offensive line and how they did in the passing game, how they do in the run game. Much better in the run game. This is a, an offensive line that was very athletic, very versatile, very mobile, was a big part of being able to be successful in the outside zone, the zone run game that the Saints wanted to focus in on. And then, of course, Latavius Murray adding more of that you know, boom and zoom like we used to talk about when it came to Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Mark Ingram, by the way, hashtag bring him back because I want him to get his 90 yards and be you know just a retirement tour. That's all. Just a retirement tour. Bring him back. Let him get his 90 rushing yards and let him collect a check. And then get in and, you know, find his way, you know, wherever, whatever it is for him next. But Latavius Murray also had 146 carries, 656 yards on the ground and four rushing touchdowns. Also had 23 receptions on 26 targets. That's very nice. Uh, and one uh, receiving touchdown as well. So you saw him do what he did. And that receiving touchdown was that great one to where he chipped the uh, Kansas City blitzer and then found his way into uh, Drew Brees' focus so that he could catch and run. And then you saw him do that again in the postseason as well. So Latavius Murray showing why he deserves to be around, even though the team does have an out in his contract next season. Uh, you saw Taysom Hill, of course, do a lot of work on the on the ground game as well. 87 total rushes, 470, 457 yards, and eight rushing touchdowns. And then Ty Montgomery, of course, coming in in relief of Alvin Kamara and the rest of the running back room in week 17 and putting up over 100 rushing yards in that game as well. 105, he'll finish the season with, 10, with 101 because he had minus four rushing yards before that on one attempt. So the Saints, you know, look like they're going to continue to be able to build this team with the run game. It could be built around the passing game, but with the running game as a complement. And now the last thing that I want to look at is whether or not we have seen sort of the peak of Alvin Kamara. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think we have. I, I you look, and, and, and some of that has to do with him coming short of the 1,000-yard season, so that makes it feel like, yeah, there's still more for him to do. There's still more for him to be able to do. But I think that Alvin Kamara is just one of those guys that's just going to continue to be good until he's not in the league anymore. Like, I, it's so hard for me to fathom a world in which Alvin Kamara is not good. Five uh, yards per attempt on the ground this season, and then he also added 9.1 yards per reception on the season as well. This is a guy that's going to continue to be phenomenal all throughout his time. He's 25 years old, 25 years old. This is one of the reasons why I still look at the Saints as if they make the right decisions over the offseason, a team that can remain competitive, especially if they bring the right signal caller in or make the right moves around that signal caller. And definitely extending Alvin Kamara before this season was one of those very, very right moves. So that's what I'm looking at for uh, you know the Saints as a review here. We'll get more in depth. We didn't talk too much about you know, Michael Thomas's season because it was essentially non-existent with the injuries, Emmanuel Sanders' first season. But we're going to do all of that after we stop looking at these more general looks at passing and rushing offense and defense and when we get into position groups. So we'll hit all of that. We'll talk about the tight ends. We'll talk about how excited I am about Adam Troutman, how 
valuable he was in the run game as well as in the passing game. There's still so much more for us to break down. So make sure you don't miss an episode here throughout the offseason every Monday through Friday, Locked on Saints, getting you everything you need about the New Orleans Saints. And of course, keeping you up to date with everything going on as well throughout what is sure to be a very, very intriguing offseason. So we'll be back tomorrow with more. But as always, y'all, I appreciate you very much for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and Trust to That Nation. I'll holla at you.